Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good? Come on, can we get up for Jesus one time in this place? How many, he's been changed our life, he's amazing. And so, man, we are excited about today. And before I move into our sermon and and what we're going to talk about today, I want to take just a second. And if you are a veteran in any capacity, if you have served our great country, uh, would you just stand up for us in this place? If you've served as a veteran anywhere, would you just do that for me? For those standing, can we put our hands together? Thank you guys so much. And we are so appreciative of all of you that that sacrificed for our for our country and for us to have the freedoms that we have. And so, man, we just, we're a house of honor and we'll always honor those that we're, where honor should be. Um, and so we just want to say thank you. How many guys uh, could use a little bit of refreshing in your life when it comes to this one area and it's called dream again? How many of you guys would like to dream again? How many of you have had something that God breathed in your life or, or a dream that you once had, and whether it was life circumstances, whether, whether it was decisions you made or whatever it may have been, you've kind of given up on, forgot about, or left behind a dream that you knew you had at one point in time. And I believe going into next year, what we do on Vision Sunday is we really cash vision for the next year. And I believe going into 2020, what God wants to do in some of our hearts and some of our lives is restore a dream, restore a desire, restore a life that God had for us at one point and we've kind of given up on. Life circumstances, situations have kind of blown us off track. But I believe it's God's desire to speak to your heart today so that you can dream again. I believe that God wants some of you to get out old business ideas that you're going to start again that you let go of years ago. I believe there's things in your home, things in your marriage, things in your family, things in your friendships, your relationships, in your schooling. I believe God wants to do some amazing things going into next year. And he wants to give us some direction on how to do it. How many guys would like some encouragement on how we can get there? And so, man, we want to talk a little bit about dream again. Turn to your neighbor and say dream again. And so we want to talk about dreaming. So let's get into our notes today. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Say vision. Now say perish. Where there is no Vision And that word vision there, it means to, to dream or have a revelation. Where, the, where there's no dream, where there's no revelation, where there's nothing driving you, where, there, there, where there's nothing moving you, where there's nothing encouraging you, you find yourself in a season or an entire life of doing the mundane, the boring, and the monotonous portions of your life. And you never find yourself looking for what could be. You always just find yourself doing what you're doing. Anybody ever been there before? Anybody ever found yourself two years into something not realizing how you even got there? Can y'all believe it's about to be Christmas again? I feel like that was last week. Because how many of y'all know the days feel like they're getting shorter? And our lives become a rotation of, hear this, our lives become a rotation of whatever we choose to make them. So the question for you is, what are you choosing to make your life? Because I believe God already has a dream for your life. It's whether or not you're connecting to it. 
So how do we do that? What is, what is it that God wants for us? So we got to have a dream. we got to have a revelation. Many people have said this quote over the years, but some people uh, give it to Benjamin Franklin. He says, many people die at 25. They just aren't buried until they're 75. And I believe what, what we have in the world today is kind of just like The Walking Dead, not the TV show, right? Not zombies like we see. What I believe is people are walking around and they're living their lives and they're coming home to their families and, and they're going to work and they're walking, but they're dead. Their dream is dead. Their revelation is dead. Their desire, their drive, their aspirations, their what could be in life is dead and they're just making it through life. But how many of you know God has a desire for us to not just have life, but the word says to have it more abundantly? How many of you just want an abundant life? Seven of us. You got the rest of y'all good, huh? You just you want a sad one. I said, how many of you want an abundant life? Okay. So let's talk about how we get there because I believe that's what's missing. See, sometimes we have a dream in life, but just like Jawan was talking about, sometimes we have a dream in life, but that doesn't mean it was God's dream. And I think what God wants to breathe in your life over, first of all, today, but as we move forward, and I really believe God's going to speak to some of you in the weeks to come about what it is he wants for your life, not just from your life, because some of us treat Jesus just like religion, where all he wants is something from us. I believe God wants something for us. And so there's a life that he wants us to live. There's something he wants for us. And so because of that, we need to have a God dream in our life again. Because here's the deal. You were made for significance, not just for survival. Your life was made for significance, not just survival. But how many of us would be honest with ourselves? You don't have to raise your hand. But how many of us have found ourselves for the last six months year, two years, five years, or some of you, maybe even longer than that, you found yourself in a survival mode, but not a significance mode. And God wants to restore significance to your life where you wake up every day declaring that this is the day that the Lord has made and I will choose to rejoice. I said choose to rejoice, right? Like I'm going to make the choice to rejoice in the day that the Lord has made and I will be glad in it, but it will be a choice to get out of the rut that we may be in and get into the dream that God has for us. So we're going to move into this dream. Proverbs 29, 18, and the message, uh, it's not a translation, it's more of a paraphrase, but in the Message Bible, it says it like this, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. How many of you have ever seen people that they're going through life doing nothing and they just look like they're just stumbling all over? But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. They are most blessed, right? And, and every time that I've found myself in seasons of my life where, uh, where I have been overwhelmed, every time I found myself in seasons of my life where uh, I was exhausted, every time I found myself in seasons of my life where I would even say depression, uh, like that dark cloud comes over, I don't think I, I wouldn't say I battle with depression, but I think all of us battle seasons where the cloud gets dark over us, right? And I would say the seasons where I battle with, with anxiety, the seasons that I've battled with different things in my life, 
All of them were seasons in my life where I didn't have or I wasn't going after the dream for my life. You know, in the Bible, uh, the word dream and the word health are so close together in the Hebrew that when they were translating the Bible, they often had a hard time choosing which word they would put in there. In other words, your dream is part of your health. Some of you are emotionally depressed because there's no dream for your life. Now, don't let me take away from chemical imbalances and all of those things that I do suggest exist. So you don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. But what I'm saying is many of you don't have depression. You have a lack of a dream. Many of us don't battle the dark clouds. What we battle is seeing the light in the dream that God wants for us. And he wants to declare life in a Psalm 126, 1 and 2 It says, when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who, say that word, dreamed. And then he says in uh, verse 2, our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with songs of joy. I don't know about you, but my life could always use more laughter and more joy. How many of you could use a little more laughter and a little more joy in your life? Well, based on what Psalms just said, you know where it's going to come from? Dreaming again. Waking up tomorrow with some intention. What if God's people started going to work tomorrow, not going, another day at the job I hate, and started walking into the job declaring that this is the day that God will use me to impact somebody's life on behalf of the kingdom, and eternity will be transformed. Hell will shake, and heaven will rejoice because I'm awake now. What if we started living life that way? What if we started dreaming, not just, listen, sometimes, and I, I'm going to speak this into somebody's life right now. Sometimes you do what you've got to do so that you can do what you were called to do. Stop looking to leave your job so that you can chase some pipe dream. Let your job fund your dream. That's for free, not even in my notes. You can have it, all right? So all that to say is we've got to start dreaming again because when people can see the dream, In areas of their life, they can start to chase genuine fulfillment. And so I believe God has a vision for your life. Say, God has a vision. I believe God has a vision for your life. I believe that dreaming again is going to be centered on three things, and we want to give those to you today. The first one is the vision for your home. The vision for your home. Did you know that God has a vision for your home? He has something that he wants to declare in your home. And here's even what I'll tell you. How many guys know, whether married or single, how many guys know when things aren't clicking well at home, things aren't clicking well anywhere? You are miserable at work when things aren't well at home. I don't care how much you love your job. Because when things aren't right at home, the first step of God's plan for us is already falling apart. You see, God has a vision for your home. Joshua 24, 15 says this, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And for many of you, your dream can't live because you and the rest of your house are on different spiritual planes. You're not in one accord with your family, so there's no way you could go after a dream. But I think God wants to restore hope to our family I think he wants to restore hope to our home. So what is that going to look like? Well, I think it looks like three things. The number one, my very, fir- my very favorite, is food. And there it is. Shoo! 
I believe, matter of fact, it's not even what I believe. Did you, listen, y'all, food is biblical. Can't change my mind. I said food is biblical. Acts 2.42 says this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Say breaking of bread. Listen, some of y'all need to break some bread together. Shoo. And notice I didn't say broccoli. Carb champs. But hear what I'm saying for a second. I believe that eating together is not just a family thing. I believe it is a spiritual thing. How many of you know that the minute society started watching TV while they're eating their dinners instead of talking to each other, we lost something in our homes? And hear me, if you want your home to be something that looks like what God has for you, it's going to start with every one. I'm not saying you got to do it at every meal. I'm not even saying you got to do it every day. But you have got to pick some times with the people in your home to sit at a table, turn off the TV, stop watching Netflix, get rid of the football game, whatever you got to do, and look at each other and have a conversation about how much you care about each other and God's desire for your life while you eat and watch how things start to move in your home. Listen, make Johnny sit down for five minutes and eat his meal instead of running around like a crazy. Why? Because when we sit together and we eat, something special happens. And you guys, I want you to think about it. I know this sounds like, you're like, Pastor, that don't sound like a super like spiritual thing. I'm telling you right now, it's the way God created us to fellowship. You want to know what else we need in our life? In our homes is laughter. We need more laughter. Y'all know anybody that's just always mad? Ain't they the most miserable people to be around? Then why do our homes look like that sometimes? When's the last time you laughed with your spouse? For those of you that are single, when's the last time you brought laughter into your home with friends? In your home, you see, uh, I think my mom thought that myself and my wife, Ashley, I think she thought we were on the edge of a divorce for the first two years of our marriage. Not because we were, but because the way we love each other is to pick at each other constantly. Like, like I pick at her, she picks at me, like we go back and forth, we do the teeth, grit, and growl thing, like, like we, that's, that is the way we love each other, okay? But we laugh constantly. You want to know what's carried us through the last five years? Moments of laughter. Through the darkest season of our life, when our circumstances told us to be depressed, we found moments where we had to laugh together. And that carried us. And hear me today, you got to stop letting everything else you see stop you from laughing and having food and all. Stop. Don't let it stop you from living your life together. Man, let your home be a place where people love to be. Acts 2.46 says that they broke bread, come on, in their homes, and they ate together with great joy and generosity. You know what Acts 2 tells me? We need to eat together and laugh some more. Proverbs 17.22 says this, A joyful heart or laughter is good medicine. Now, why do you take medicine? Why would anyone take medicine? To get healthy, right? To get healed. Well, if the word healing and dream 
are borderline synonymous in the Bible, guess what laughter helps you do? Dream again. Listen, some of you will never dream until you learn to laugh some more. Some of you will never go forward with anything great in your life until you let joy get restored in your heart. Some of you, hear me for a second, I believe this is a word from God for some of you. Some of you, you and your spouse have gotten so detached over time that you cannot connect. You need to bring some couples into your home for dinner that will help you start laughing again. You need to bring some people into your life that will help you start laughing again because you got enough sister sandpapers rubbing everybody the wrong way. We need that in our lives. Speaking of laughter, how many guys want to laugh for just a minute? You guys like to laugh? So we're filming for Church at the Movies, right? That starts next week, y'all. Next week is Church at the Movies. It's going to be amazing. But as we get ready for Church at the Movies, we went and filmed. So we had to film on site, a number of different places. And, um, and so part of it is, fr- is in front of a green screen. But I, I was like, you know what? Let's laugh a little bit. So they got a blooper, a short blooper reel of me filming. Y'all want to see it? All right. Go ahead and roll it, guys. Let them see it. So I could be talking about like the tacos thing, could be in front of like a food truck or like with a sombrero, like you can do anything, you know, Grand Canyon, then I can be doing it on a boat. Seems there. Wipe my eyes from where the gorilla kicked me. Is a gorilla kick the same thing as a punch? That's something you need to think about. Gorillas only have four hands. <laughs> All right, so listen, some of y'all just need to laugh. You need to learn to laugh at yourself. Stop taking yourself so serious, man. If you can't laugh at you, then at least everyone else can. No, but in all honesty, we need more laughter in our life. Why? Because it's a medicine. Part of some of your healing won't start until you learn to laugh. Let's have joy restored back in our homes. And then, number three, we need unity. Listen, we need unity in our homes. We need to be unified in how we're going to love each other, how we're going to take care of each other, what we're going to do for each other. We need unity in our homes. How do we treat each other? Ephesians 4 lays out how we should be treating each other in the church But can I tell you something? It is a model for how we should be loving each other in our homes. So let's go there. Ephesians 4, 2 says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Extend grace with one another in love. That means our homes should be a place of humility, gentleness, patience, grace, and love. But then it goes further than that. It gives us some real clear uh, instructions. And this is the next batch from 25 through 32 is from the Living Bible Paraphrase. And I want to give those to you. It says, don't use foul or abusive language. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me jump up to the other one. Sorry, they skipped ahead. <laughs> Be honest and don't lie. And don't sin by letting anger control you. How many of y'all just need, you're already, all right, my, my house is going to get better just right there. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Some of y'all need to write that down. You need to underline that in your notes. You keep letting them go to the room by themselves and close the door while you stay on the couch. And what you're doing is just what it says in Ephesians. You're letting the enemy, the devil, have a foothold in your home. When we let anger control us, we're letting the enemy into our house. But then it goes on to say, don't use foul or abusive language. 
Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. I would even say that the people around you that are outside your home should be wowed by how you love the people inside your home. Your house, your marriage, the way you love your children should be a testament to non-believers of what Christians should look like. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Can I tell you something right now? For, married folks, listen to me for a second. Your spouse has never done anything worse than what we've done to Jesus, and he forgave us still. So whatever it is, from yesterday or 10 years ago, let it go. So that we can bring unity back into our home. Because that's what God wants for our house. But that takes us to number two, what God wants for you. And that's the vision for your church. The vision for your church. <clears throat> Matter of fact, let's just say our church. Say our church. Because you're here right now. So this is, this is our church. There's a vision for our church. So there's three things God wants you to experience in your church. The first one is a connection with God. He wants you to know him so well. If you're going to have a dream again, you got to know God even better. If you're going to have a dream again, it's got to be rooted in who God is. Proverbs 29, 18, once again, and a different translation says, where there is no revelation, where there is no dream, where there is no vision, People cast off restraint. They perish. And for some of you, you've distanced yourself from God because of things that you've been chasing after because your revelation of God hasn't stayed true. And we need to be pursuing God. Let the shame and guilt go and let God bring you close because he wants to know you and he wants you to know him. You see, what I'll ask of you is if you're new here at TC, Give us one year. Give us one year. Come to Sunday mornings. Get plugged into a small group. Go through Grow Track and find your place making a difference on a portion of our dream team. Give us one year. And after one year, you're not living the greatest life you could live with the most fulfillment. Then if you want to go, we will high five you on the way out and pray for you every day. But you know how many people I've offered that to? Hundreds. You know how many people have left? None. Because once we get connected to God, there is nothing better. Because not, God doesn't just connect us to himself. But secondly, in your notes, God connects us with his people. Can I tell you all something? I love y'all. I love y'all. I love being around you guys. Y'all encourage me so much. Ain't it something that we get to do life together? Isn't, this is just crazy in and of itself, isn't it? We get to have church at a movie theater, which blows my mind every Sunday. So I know it's got to be like, like, this is just crazy. But we get to be in small groups together where we live life together. In small groups, they're so powerful because you get to connect with people that help you deal with your yesterday. How many of us got some stuff in our past that we would love to be rid of? How many of us got stuff in our past that still kind of controls our mind a little bit if we were honest? Anybody, has any of you ever looked for something in a dark room before with no light? Like you came in the middle of the night, you forgot something, so you stumbling around, tripping over chairs and stuff, trying to find it. Anybody ever been that person before? 
Ain't it the most ridiculous looking thing in the world? Like if someone had a, a video camera set up, like y'all could make some money on how dumb you look. Right? Can I tell you something? That's what many of us look like in our life, trying to deal with stuff that we haven't let someone else come in and shine a light on. There are things in our life that God wants to use other people to shine a light on what we have in our hearts and in our life and in our past that we need to get rid of. And we look like fools stumbling around in the dark because we're trying to deal with it on our own instead of letting God bring someone in to help us find it and get rid of it. James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins or your faults to each other and pray for each other so that you can be, say that word again, healed. Pray for each other so that you can dream again. But you got to get ready yesterday before you can dream about tomorrow. And for some of you, you need to find yourself in those healthy relationships. Because some of us just got to get past our past and get made whole. You see, there's a whole healed version of you that God wants for you. Because then he wants to connect you to his purpose. And connecting to your church and God's vision for your church, he wants you to connect to your purpose doing something greater and bigger. And we're not going to read it, but in 1 Corinthians, it's in your notes, chapter 3, it talks about how uh, as we build something, if you build it, but it's made out of the wrong materials, if you build it, but it's not what God wanted you to build, it won't last. But if you build the right thing the way God calls you to build it, it'll last. And for some of you, you're chasing after a fulfillment that was never what God wanted for you. And you can't figure out why it keeps falling apart. But the dream that God has for you can't be stopped unless you stop it. So let's chase it together, man. Because number three, and lastly in your notes, God has a vision for your future. God has a vision for your future. He wants to do something in your life. He wants to release something in your life. And I'm here to tell you, if you are 20 years old and you think that you've missed it already, God can do it. Don't worry about it. But I'm also here to tell you, if you're 40 years old, imagine where you can be when you're 60. And if you're 60 years old, imagine what you can do until you're 80. And if you're 80 years old, imagine what you can do until God knows what happens and you may end up in the Guinness Book of World Records. But real talk for a second. It's never too late to chase the dream that God has for you. And for those of you that are, that are in the more seasoned crowd in here, I'll use that term. For those of you that are older than me, it's not too late for you. Hear me for a second. For those of you that are hitting in your 50s, 60s, and 70s, the temptation is to believe that the greatest years are over. But why is that the case for you? Because someone else said so? Hear me, I believe. There's someone in this room in your 60s right now. And you have relented to just survive until God takes you home. And God is telling you right now, through this man, that your time is not over yet. And that there is something that God is going to do with your life that will impact this world for the kingdom of God. Don't you dare give up on it because God hasn't given up on you. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Ephesians 1, 17 
Paul's talking, he says, I pray, I keep asking that the, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. What did vision from Proverbs, what were the two words we said it comes to? Dream and revelation, right? The spirit of wisdom and revelation, of dreaming, of vision. I pray that he would give you that so that you would know him better. And then in verse 18, we go to the Message Bible to, to, to clear it up a little bit and to help translate it. And it says, so that you can make your eyes focused and clear. So that you can see exactly the hope that he is calling you to. Grasp with your heart the immensity of this glorious way of life that he, is, he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work and us who trust him. Endless energy and boundless strength. When you're focused on your future, your dream, there's endless energy and boundless strength because God wants you to dream again. So I'm gonna ask you again, what is it that you've let go of and you've relented? Where is it that God wants to do something great in your life? Your season's not over. And the decisions, decisions you've made up till now, those decisions are not going to hinder what God has for you. The only thing that stands between you and what God has for you is your desire to see it happen. Because some of us just need to dream again. We're going into January. We're doing a whole series on dream again because I believe God is gonna speak life into some of you, but I believe he's gonna do it in the weeks to come. For some of you, you already know what it is. You already know that dream that you had. You had a vision, you had a dream at one point for your home. When you get married, you're gonna do this, and you're gonna do that. And you had a whole list of things that your kids would never do that you saw other people's kids doing and yours have done all of them. But there's a dream for your home. There's a dream for how you connect to this church. There's a dream for your future and you can grab it. It's able to be grasped, this immensity, this extravagant life that Ephesians says God has for you, but you've got to go after it. So how do you do that? Well, dream again in action. I want to give you some steps to help you do it. Number one is you got to see it. You got to see it. What is it God wants for you? And if you don't know what it is, then pray and let him show you what it is but you gotta see it. You gotta get moving, right? The next thing you gotta do is you gotta write it down. Without a dream, without a vision, the people perish. Write down the vision, the Bible says. Some of you need to write it and put it in a place where you can look at it every day. On your mirror, on your kid's forehead. If you use a Sharpie, it'll last multiple days. Just kidding, don't call like DCS or anything on me, okay? <laughs> but some of you legitimately need to write it down. Write down what you see God having for you. Number three, you need to pray over it. Pray over it. Nothing great ever happens in the kingdom without a connection to God's presence. And your purpose will never get bigger until your presence increases. We gotta be close to God. Next, and this is the hardest one, I think, surrender it. God, I've seen it. 
I've wrote it down. I've prayed over it. Now I'm giving it to you. And I'm going to work. I'm going to grind. I'm going to go. I'm going to dream. I'm going I'm to do everything I can on my end. But ultimately, God, this is on you to help make this happen. Because I need you. And watch him come through for you. And then lastly, go to work. Work on it. Work on it. Work on it. But hear me, work on it, but that doesn't mean you got to work in it. You say, what do you mean by that, pastor? If you don't ever take a step back from working in your home, you'll never be able to work on your home. And I'm not talking about with the hammers and nails. I'm talking about if you're constantly Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, if all you're doing is waking up and you're cooking and you're planning and you're getting groceries and you're picking up the kids and, and you wake up the next day, and you do it, all you're doing is working in your life. But at some point you gotta take a step back from all the doing and say, all right, this is, and you work on your life by saying, all right, these are the areas we're gonna start changing. Creating change is working on it. Staying the same is working in it. And let's start working on our life as God helps us work on our life so that we can have vision to see a future. And once we can see the future, we can see what God wants for us. Let's dream again. Can I get an amen on that? Let's let Jesus have his way in our life. Can we put our hands together one time for Jesus in this place? Awesome. Will you bow your heads with me this morning? And some of you are in this place. And as you're here, you're saying, Pastor, I do want to dream again, but honestly, I'm not connected to the very person that can help me dream again. His name is Jesus. And today, if you're ready to dream, but you're ready to start your dream by being connected to who Jesus is, if that's you today, and you need him in your life, you need him to get rid of your sins, but you're also ready to give your life to him and follow him today. You see, your shame can go away. Your guilt can go away. Because Jesus gave his life so that we could give him our sins and we could see heaven in eternity. But also the Bible says we couldn't just have eternal life, but we can have life more abundantly. And today, if you want that life, today, if you want abundance, today, if you want a dream, but you want Jesus to give you a fresh start, I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to point you out. I just want to pray for you today. If that's you, you're ready for Jesus to give you a fresh start and a new beginning right now. Would you just raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready for God to give me a fresh start. Awesome. Yes. Once you put them up, you can put them down. Like I said, we're not here to embarrass you. We just want to pray for you. Is there more that says, that's me, Pastor. Awesome. You say, that's me. I'm ready for a fresh start. Yes. Maybe you're watching us online. You say, that's me, Pastor. I, I need God to give me a fresh start. I need a new beginning. And I'm ready to surrender my life and give it to him and let him make my life whatever he wants to make it into. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray this prayer together. And if you pray this prayer, this prayer doesn't make you saved, but this prayer puts uh, words to the actions of your heart that says, God, I'm giving you my life and I'm putting my faith in you that when you went to the cross, you paid for my sins. And through that faith, through what Jesus did on the cross, I can have grace and I can experience heaven. And so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray this prayer together and the whole church will pray it with you so you're not praying by yourself. And as we pray this prayer together, man, let these words become the meaning of your heart. So let's pray, church. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross and I believe that you rose 
three days later, through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that, perhaps for the first time, and we celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.